heart of the East Coast, this is Sports Raver with your host, a West Coast girl who raves about all things sports, Carolyn B. Today, we're going to talk about my raves. Are NBA contracts even binding anymore? The rights of college athletes and giving them a piece of the pie. The latest drama in esports, plus my news raves and the obscure sports report. Welcome to the Sports Raver, where I rave about my favorite things in sports and I rave against the worst things in sports. Thanks for coming to rave with me. I'm your host, Geraldine B. Thanks for listening in. Let's get right into the latest happenings. This week was early National Signing Day for young high school football prospects across the country, and there were winners and losers among the colleges. Alabama is said to have recruited the best class so far, which isn't surprising with the success the program has had under Nick Saban. Many high school players commit early to a school and then change their minds, sometimes several times before signing an official letter of intent. Often this change of heart is due to vigorous recruiting from other schools who really want a player. It's almost become a game in itself to see which schools can woo a player away from an early commitment, especially if you can flip a player away from a rival school, as evidenced by Ole Miss's coach Lane Kiffin, who flaunted it with his choice of t-shirt that said, Merry Flipmas. Two days later, he had convinced prospect MJ Daniels to sign his letter of intent for the Lane train and away from Mississippi State, Ole Miss's biggest rival. Deion Sanders, the coach of Jackson State, <laughs> yes, you heard that right, Primetime is a coach, was able to steal cornerback Dejon Warren from Georgia. What cornerback wouldn't want to be coached by one of the best to play the game in that position? Primetime also signed his own son, quarterback Shadur Sanders. Alabama was able to flip a couple of top prospects from LSU, but I guess it's not Nick Saban's style to rub it in Ed Orgeron's face. Merry Flipmas anyway! For the first time since 2008, the Patriots will not be playing in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, I hear all of you haters out there cheering. The last time the Patriots were not in the playoffs was the year Tom Brady tore his ACL in the first game of the season. And this is the Patriots' first year without Tom Brady. Hmm. I know Brady isn't the player he used to be, but the Patriots aren't the same winning team they were with him. The Brady-Belichick combination was magic, and it will take more than one season for the Patriots and Belichick to find a new system that works. Brady is finding his own struggles with getting into any kind of rhythm with Bruce Arians. I think, though, despite his struggles, Brady's having better luck. At least the playoffs are still a possibility. Having a running quarterback is somewhat new for Belichick, and though it didn't work out that great this year, I think he may be having more fun than Brady. Either way, breakups are never easy to get over. 20 years together is a long time. NFL coaches, make sure you are wearing the correct hat, especially on national television. John Gruden, it wasn't a throwback night. If you didn't see, Gruden was caught on camera wearing an Oakland Raiders hat during the Raiders-Chargers game. It was rectified in the second half when he put the correct hat on, one that said, Las Vegas Raiders. The hats did look identical except for the city names. Hey, the Los Angeles Chargers got called the San Diego Chargers quite a bit after moving to LA. 
It's an easy mistake to make after a team has been somewhere for so long, like the Chargers. And seriously, they never should have left San Diego. I bet the diehard Black Hole Raider fans were happy to see they haven't been totally left behind. Major League Baseball announced it will now recognize seven Negro Leagues that played between 1920 and 1948 as being on par with the National and American Leagues. Many great players such as Josh Gibson, Willie Mays, Satchel Paige, and even Jackie Robinson before he broke through the segregation barrier, they played in the Negro Leagues. The recognition of the contribution of the leagues and its players is long overdue and very important. But it will be interesting to see how this changes stats and the overall way the game is remembered during that time. Some are not necessarily in favor of the change, feeling like Major League Baseball is looking to right a wrong that can't be undone. Howard Bryant, a writer for ESPN, has been particularly outspoken. His concern is that by changing the record books, history will show an equality that wasn't there and future generations won't know what actually occurred. Though Bob Kendrick, president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, applauded the decision, I like what he said. Quote, For those who called the Negro Leagues home, they never questioned their own validity, unquote. And nor should they. Well, the world has been captivated by a golfer with the last name Woods, and it's not Tiger. This time, it's a Tiger Cub, his son Charlie. Everyone is freaking out over the mirror image of just about everything. The swing, the club lean, the fist pump. I'm not saying he's going to be successful like his dad or anything. If he even actually wants to pursue golf, he's only 11 after all. But when you look like a mirror image of one of the greatest golfers to ever play the game, complete with a club twirl, and that greatest golfer is your dad, I'd say you've got a pretty good head start. From all accounts, Charlie is fairly dedicated to the game and has already won a few junior events. But after what everyone has seen so far, people on Twitter are already crowning him the 2030 Masters Champion. People, everyone needs to chill. Give the kid time to grow up first. The pressure that could potentially be put on Charlie to be great like his dad could be stifling. But at least for now, Charlie looks like he's having the time of his life. According to Tiger, it was Charlie's idea to play in the PNC tournament. And as Tiger said, as long as he's enjoying it. I'd say though that the golf world should be on alert and Nike, you better get that pen ready. Another week, two more giant megawatt NBA contract extensions. It's like deja vu. Last week, Paul George. This week, Giannis Adetokounmpo and Rudy Gobert. Giannis signed a five-year, $228 million Supermax contract extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. A Supermax contract is one that is worth up to 35% of the salary cap of a team. Rudy Gobert agreed to a five-year, $205 million extension with the Jazz. These are great moves for the teams, and it makes their star players happy. Until they aren't. In this age of players forcing their way out, or player empowerment as it's known, it's refreshing to see players showing loyalty to their teams. But will it last? How long before Giannis decides he wants to be with a larger market team? I don't even know what the point of contracts are anymore in the NBA. All I can see is that it guarantees the money a player gets, but it doesn't guarantee the team keeps the player. If you are a superstar and you aren't happy with where you are at, just demand a trade. 
like James Harden or Russell Westbrook or Anthony Davis. I understand that stars should have a say in their careers, but in the regular world, if you sign a contract, you are usually legally bound. Right now, the players are making the rules and contracts aren't binding. And where does this leave the teams and the players left behind? Can a team truly make a run for a championship if the one or two players that can get them there can demand a trade and leave? Players want to leave for a team poised to win a championship. And then you have players demanding trades after being courted by stars on other teams. This was a big deal when LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh got together and decided to play for the same team, the Miami Heat, where they won two championships together. Players now follow that as an example, trying to draw star athletes away from teams to their own in order to win championships. In the case of Giannis, he supposedly showed Bucks management the texts he had been receiving from other players around the league that were trying to lure him away from Milwaukee. I'm sure this gave him a certain amount of leverage for his contract. Gobert, for his part, did not take a Supermax contract, instead choosing to leave money on the table so the team had more room in the salary cap. The NBA is a business, and the players know their value in it, especially the stars. They have the control because Adam Silver knows the league depends on its stars almost more than in any other sport. But maybe it's time to call them something other than contracts. Hmm, maybe pinky swears? A new piece of legislation is being introduced to Congress by Senators Cory Booker and Richard Blumenthal called the College Athletes' Bill of Rights. The bill, which has miles to go before being made a law, allows student athletes to accept money for their names, images, and likeness, or as it's also known, NIL. But the bill includes even more that will likely ruffle the feathers of those in NCAA power positions. The senators would like to see athletes receive a share of profits from revenue-generating sports, like football, and be provided long-term health care. There's also a provision to protect college athletes from athletic departments trying to influence their major or class choices. Some student athletes have reported being told not to choose particular majors or classes because it takes away too much time from their sport. Another equally important part of the bill requires trainers and team medical personnel to be independent of the athletic department. This helps to keep athletes from being pushed back to competition before they're fully healed or prevents a misdiagnosis that benefits the school but could harm the athlete further, like dismissing concussions as not that big of a deal. Reform is long overdue. The fact that some schools do not cover completely or even in some cases cover at all the injuries athletes suffer is reason enough for there to be a provision for healthcare but also that some live with injuries caused by sports programs for years after they are no longer enrolled, including ones such as CTE. CTE has become a hot topic after many known cases in the NFL. It's caused by repeated brain trauma or concussions. The NCAA and big-time universities have been making billions of dollars off the blood, sweat, and tears of student-athletes forever. It's time for serious changes, but how long before any change takes place and how extensive those changes will be are the big questions. There are competing bills that are being introduced that give student-athletes the chance to make money off their NIL, but it still gives a huge amount of power to the NCAA. The NCAA is also said to be writing its own piece of legislation. There's too much money at stake and too much power being taken away from the NCAA and the College Athletes' Bill of Rights for it to have much of a chance of passing as it is. Whatever happens, 
All parties are trying to get something in place to preempt a law set to go into effect in Florida in the summer of 2021 that allows college athletes to profit from their NIL. Any federal legislation would supplant state laws on payments to athletes. In the end, the most important concern needs to be the student-athletes, and I just don't think anything that favors the NCAA will be in the best interest of them. With the rise in popularity in esports, the approach taken to be successful for competitive gamers and teams alike has begun to take on a completely different look. Esports athletes have commonly been viewed as energy drinking, chip eating, sedentary gamers. But whether or not the junk food part's true, the stationary part has been. When a gamer first starts out, they tend to think that the more they play, the better they'll be. Often going for 24 hours at a time, shoveling down whatever food's in reach, but this is shown to be the wrong approach. Plenty of sleep and time for hands and wrists to rest do more for the gamer, helping to make them more alert with faster hand-eye coordination and reducing the chance of injury. Taking it even further, esports teams are reaping the benefits of training like traditional athletes. Eating healthy, working out, doing yoga, meditating. These practices are showing results in higher levels of performance and success for esports athletes. Many teams that have the budget are starting to hire trainers to help improve endurance and cognitive function. Training regimens include physical activity every day, whether that is an hour all at once or 10 minutes here and there. Some teams have completely turned around their seasons by employing trainers, nutritionists, and doctors. While the physical exercise, nutrition, and proper rest have impacts, the act of visualization and mindfulness and meditation have also proven to be effective in improving performance and mental health of competitive gamers. Gamers' heart rates have been measured at 140 to 180 beats per minute. So even though they aren't exerting themselves in the way we think athletes normally do, their bodies are still working hard and they're subject to high levels of stress and strain. One team that set the gold standard for team training is Optic Gaming, who's sponsored by Red Bull. The teams have full access to the world-class facilities, nutritionists, and trainers at the Red Bull Training Center. The trainers create regimens designed specifically for gamers where they do physical training, but also incorporate exercises to improve hand-eye coordination and response reflexes. Team building is also a focus where the group participates in activities outside of their comfort zone, like paddleboarding, with the idea that it'll build chemistry amongst the team. But even small teams and individual gamers that don't have access to Red Bull's training facilities and coaches can make small changes that will add up to big results in time. So if you're a gamer, don't reach for the energy drink and pizza. Reach for some water, a vitamin D supplement, and drop and do 50 push-ups while you wait to respawn. The Obscure Sports Report. What? That's a sport? Uh-uh! No way! No one's embraced the world of extreme and obscure sports quite like Red Bull. They've got lists of athletes that compete in things like base jumping, cliff diving, drone racing, free running, just to name a few. This January, one of Red Bull's extreme competitions will take place in Cape Town, South Africa. Red Bull King of the Air! 
the king of the air is an annual kiteboarding competition. The higher, the crazier, the better. What is kiteboarding, you might ask? It's an extreme combination of surfing, paragliding, and wakeboarding. Kiteboarders basically harness the power of the wind and the water to propel themselves into the air while holding onto a special type of kite and riding a surfboard or wakeboard. In Red Bull's King of the Air competition, there'll be a total of 18 kiteboarders participating. Three are the top competitors from the last competition, and one's the winner from the only Fly to King of the Air qualifier that was able to be held due to COVID. The remaining spots belong to an unprecedented number of unknowns in the sport. Kiteboarders of all ages were able to submit a video for consideration showcasing three of their best clips, and from those thousands of videos, Red Bull judges narrowed it down to 14. The rules for judging the videos are the same as the actual competition. The best height, best tricks and jumps, most power, innovation, variety of moves, and general flow get the best marks. The competition occurs over a two-week period from January 30th to February 14th, and you can watch it through Red Bull's website. Be ready next year to send in your videos! Okay, my fellow ravers, that's a raver wrap for today. Thanks for listening in. And remember, you can teach someone to fish, but you can't climb a ladder with a beer in each hand. Thanks for listening to my raves. Become a sports raver too by following me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and checking out all my podcast raves. Till next time, I'm Geraldine B, the sports raver.